Welcome to the Truth Be Known podcast, bringing you the objective truth boldly, candidly, and without apology. Welcome to this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Be Known podcast. I'm Nathaniel Jolly. And I am Eki Tepsapornchai. We, we've got uh, a lot of things going on on Twitter, a lot of uh, topics that uh, we could potentially talk about, um, but we've decided to go with uh, modesty for, for today. Yeah, well, this uh, sort of blew up on, on Twitter, and uh, we, we've been kind of talking about it for a while, and we were thinking, well, there's some other things that we can cover. And then, um, I, I don't know, some, someone put out something about modesty, and it sort of blew up into all kinds of discussion on what really what is modesty a lot of uh i think folks trying to toe the line and a lot of folks who are just confused and it's a valid question right and it's not something that the scripture is silent on so let's dig in and in fact let's just go um let let, let me read the oxford dictionary definition first of modesty and then we'll get into how scripture defines it it's similar but there's some slight variance there so the oxford dictionary defines modesty this way behavior, manner, or appearance intended to avoid impropriety or indecency. It's a pretty good definition. It's extremely close uh, to the biblical definition. And so, you know, just to kind of counter conversation around um, the particular scripture, right, that blew up with social media is 1 Timothy 2.9. There are other ones, but we'll just use this one. It says this, likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair, gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. That's pretty straightforward. And when we talk about this issue, there are two sides that people tend to debate from. One is the responsibility that women have and the effect that they could have on their fellow brethren. And the other is the responsibility that men have when they are exposed to things that cause their mind to to wander and, and to, causes them to stumble. And I think one of the mistakes that a lot of people have made is they have chosen one side or the other. Um, this is not an either or, but I would say this is a both and. Yeah, absolutely. You know, certainly modesty is something that we we all have to consider. But, you know, it's interesting, just like you said, um, you know, oftentimes and what I saw on Twitter and we'll just, you know, I'll just talk about what what I actually some of the things I actually saw. Right. And, and I've seen this in in counseling and stuff as well. And I'm sure you have um, that a lot of uh, a lot of women, their immediate response is, well, I shouldn't be responsible for what the guy thinks. Um Okay, I agree with that, but that really isn't the issue here because you're responsible for modesty, right? Right. Uh, it's right. it's sort of like when you're if, if you're doing marriage counseling and you know the 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 wife is a complainer, she's a nagger. Um, you know, as soon as the husband walks in the door, she's at his throat, um, genuinely bad and sinful. Sure. And and then you have the husband who is a drunk who neglects his wife you know, who uh, comes straight home from working long hours, um, opens, you know, a case of beer and drinks and ignores her. Also, absolutely sinful, right? Um, But when you're talking to the husband, you don't let him say, but my wife. No, but the word of God says, you, this is your responsibility. This is, you know, where you are sinning, where you need repentance. Same with the wife, right? You don't let the wife say, well, but my husband. Okay, no, 
but what is your duty before God as a wife? Let, let's start there. Um, you can't justify your position that's sinful or an error by saying, but someone else is also in error. Right. 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 Um, a, a good illustration of that is just go way back to the garden. Right. Um, that's the first example of that. But God, I mean, Adam actually blamed God. Right. But God, this woman you gave me. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, the um, the woman blamed the serpent and, and the man blamed the woman. And what you had were uh, a number of parties that weren't willing to take the um, responsibility themselves. Now, I would say that in looking at the two sides, when we're talking about this specific issue, the um, that the nature of the challenge is different. All right. So yep, for that's men, true. they're being, you know, the, the, for men, they're being tempted um, by seeing something that they really shouldn't see, and it's going to cause their mind to go someplace where it shouldn't go, and it could lead to any other number mm -hmm. of things. We know that yep. as men. And uh, from the woman's point of view, she's thinking, well, what I wear is what I wear. That in itself is not sin. But we also understand from that, from the scriptures, we also don't want to place stumbling blocks in front of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, Paul gives a great example in 1 Corinthians 10, where he talks about uh, meat sacrificed to idols, right? He has all the freedom in the world to eat those meats. Mm -hmm. But if it causes another brother to stumble because they've come out of a pagan background where they've seen these meats sacrificed to gods, he said he's not going to eat it for the sake of, of the weaker brethren. And, and this is what this is about. And, and one of the struggles, I believe, is that women and men um, deal with, um, with, with kind of the relationship and, and the visual elements differently. Mm -hmm. yeah. Men are, you know, men are easily, um, easily aroused. And then all it takes are images. It could take um, a little bit too much flesh. It could take mm -hmm. anything that's merely just suggestive. And, and I'm not saying that that's not the case for women. I do believe that's becoming more and more the case for women, especially as we see the usage of pornography going up more and more on, sure. on the women's side. Um, but I, I do believe that by nature, men are much more easily um, easily brought there mentally just by something mm -hmm. that they see compared to female counterparts. So a lot of times when women try to um, try to reason through this, they reason through it as if the man were programmed the same way as the woman, mm -hmm. and he's not. And we as men, we do the same thing with women. Right. When we're trying yep. to, for instance, when we're trying to solve problems instead of listening, things like that. So there's a lot of misunderstanding that's going on on both sides. But it comes down to this. For men, this this is a struggle for, I would probably say 99.9% .9 of the men, if you put any kind of visual image in front of them, if you place mm -hmm. a person that's dressed in a certain way, this is a, a real struggle for men. And it's going to be very difficult for them. Now, they do have the responsibility I mean, when they yeah. see something like yeah. this, yes, they do have the responsibility to squash it, turn their face, turn their head, mm -hmm. don't look, you know, put off, put on, that kind of thing. But but still recognize that you're putting that person in that place to have to do that. And we all know as, as humans, when it comes to temptation, mm -hmm. we don't bat a thousand. Show me someone yeah. who bats yeah. a thousand every single time. And and so th this is the issue that, that we're dealing with. And it's not so much a, a woman is equally wrong as a man in that situation, because yeah, the, the man, as you said, he has a responsibility to deal with it when, when it comes up. Um, but also for the woman's perspective, if you are in Christ and you recognize that this is a brother in Christ, then I would, uh, from a pastoral point of, view, point of view, I would ask, please have mercy, have compassion mm -hmm. upon your fellow brethren. Um, because that kind of clothing, those kinds of images, that, that's going to be difficult for him to get past. Now, this is not even talking about rape culture. 
I mean, a lot of women seem to be taking this to rape culture. That's not what I'm getting at. And and people yeah. that are, and, and typically the kind of people that are involved in rape, they're going to do it regardless. So I, I recognize that. Um, but but what we're really getting at here is is what's going to be honoring to, to God. Um, and especially yeah. if you're together in worship, well, what's going to be honoring to the entire congregation? And that's what this is in my heart. Uh, that That's what a lot of this is about. Yeah, absolutely. And you said, you know, 99.9% and it, the other 1% of guys who don't struggle with that, it's because they're dead and they're in heaven already. Um, and, and so, we, we <laughs> you know, I mean, God has, you made a good point, brother. God has made us different, right? God has yeah. made men in such that in 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 the beauty of marriage you're, you're physically attracted you know to to the to the woman's beauty right you'd never get married if you weren't if you if you didn't have that that's normal that's natural you know and and women tend to need more of the emotional support side of things um, and that comes from how we're created. Men are meant to be the protector, the provider, yeah. those things um, to provide a security. And so we just, it, it, some of this, just a fundamental understanding of how God has made us different, right? Now, it, I, I want to, I really want to kind of dig down and kind of exegete this passage because your opinion really doesn't matter. My opinion really doesn't matter. What matters is, you know, how God has defined modesty and, and who he's directing it towards and what we're to understand from God's word. Um, it, you know, so this is the Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy. You know, again, he, he directs this to women here. And I want to read this passage again because, um, I mean, we're going to talk a, a lot about what's most prominent in our society, which is the lack of clothing. But that really has nothing to do with modesty in and of itself. That's just one uh, potential outworking of modesty or, or the lack thereof, right? So, he says, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing. So, ladies, he's not speaking to men here. So, you don't get to go to the argument, but what about the man? But what about yeah. this? But right. what about that? All right, you need to understand that this is God's will, God's desire for women, right? Modestly and discreetly. Now, the word modestly there, it, 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 it's a great word. Um, I, I love the word. It's very close to the, uh, the, the dictionary definition that we gave earlier. Um, the, the word is, is aridos, and it means it, it's interesting because it means to be bashful towards men, right? And, and towards God, it means to be reverential or shamefacedness. There, there is a level of shame, of bashfulness towards being that that is supposed to come with immodesty you know and so this whole idea of it's my body i can just flaunt whatever part i want is totally opposite to what the word for modesty means here um it's a very guarded word right it's in in the face of god i want to be reverential and and i want to be covered i don't want to expose myself in any sinful way before a holy god and towards men right it's it's bashful and that just simply means you blush when there's any it, it's it's like blushing when there's any indecency right that's the posture that the Apostle Paul was saying, "We, you know, you ought to have here. That's a totally different issue. So that makes this, firstly and foremost, a heart issue, you know, before it's a dress issue. Um, dealing with the dress issue is just an outworking of where you are in your understanding or or lack of understanding of modesty. 
Yeah, good points. And, and I do enjoy that definition of modesty. I think that uh, helps us quite a bit. And, and I, I would say in general, when we think about our bodies, you had brought up a statement which is being applied in a multitude of different ways, the idea that this is my body. Um, well, actually, if you're in Christ, it's not your body. It belongs to the Lord. Right, uh, you are the, the the temple of the living God. You are the temple of Christ. Yep, First so Corinthians kind of, six. Yeah, yeah. So even that kind of um, that, that kind of thinking, that that kind of talk, that that's worldly talk, um, and, and that's the same mm-hmm. kind of talk that's being applied to abortion, obviously. Um, and, uh, and and ironically, we're we're getting chastised for applying that towards the health decisions with regards to COVID vaccines and whatnot. And I would say that's the one time where it actually does make sense. My body, my choice. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not our our bodies. It's it's God's body. And and the other thing too is that you know when when we look at this passage and. First Peter three actually says something similar when it talks yeah. about wives to to their unbelieving or, or um, the those who are di- disobedient husbands. Um, w- one thing we have to realize that as Christians, um, just in general, speaking speaking in general, this whole idea of modesty, you know, I, I really believe that we are not to be a people that are to try to draw attention to ourselves. Right. Yeah. Whenever we try to draw attention to ourselves, we're making it about ourselves where, you know, you know, it's like it's the whole American Idol kind of uh, mindset. Right. Where people want to be adored. They want to be admired. Yeah. They want to be worshipped. They want to be lifted up and exalted and, and set out above everyone else. And then we see this a lot, for instance, with uh, with weddings and some of the crazy lengths that brides go through to make sure that they are the star of the wedding. Right. That they are the center yep. of attention right down to the clothing, what they're wearing and all that kinds of stuff. Um, so, yeah, modesty is is about not drawing attention to yourself because you're, you should be trying to draw attention to God. You should be trying to draw attention to the truth. Um, when, when you are dressed in a way that's ostentatious, and, you know, if we mm-hmm. see someone that's wearing all kinds of jewelry and decorations, I mean, forget for a moment the, the talk about bikinis and showing a lot of flesh. If you're wearing a lot of elaborate clothing, a lot mm-hmm. of flashy and dressy clothing, it's designed for one purpose. It's to, it's to draw attention. It's so that people will look at you and, and that you'll be the center of attention wherever you go. And, and that's not what we are about. We, we are a people that are to be, uh, as you mentioned right here from this passage, we're to be modest. We're to be selfless. We're to be humble. Um, and we're to really draw attention to, to, to God rather than ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And you make a good point. And and back to the passage, because it's in here, right? He's using an example specifically of what we might consider overdress, elaborate, excessive, right? Not with braided hair, gold or pearls. You understand at the time it was very common for women to have the most expensive jewelry and things they could find of the day um, in their hair. And the purpose was to draw attention to themselves, right? That that was the purpose. And so you have women who are clearly doing this in the church, and uh, Paul is teaching Timothy to deal with this, to, to help women know that that is not the way to draw attention to themselves. And then he goes on to say what should be drawing attention to themselves, right? So he goes through all this, not with braided hair or gold or costly garments. So it's not that um, it's not just that it may be too little of clothing that's immodest, but it could actually be that it's um, just too elaborate, just too showy, just gaudy, you know? So he says, well, then what should um, bring attention to you. He says, but rather by means of good works. 
as yes. is proper for women making a claim to godliness. You know, it's really interesting because I, I remember um, at, at least one, maybe there were two um, who kind of went to the, well, I wear a head covering at church. And so that shows everyone I'm modest. The irony of that statement is if that is the reason you're wearing a head covering, Mm -hmm. then you have a modesty issue Mm -hmm. Um, because you're trying to draw attention to the fact that you're modest. And so actually you're not. Um, The teaching of head coverings. Exactly. It's it's arrogant and it's proud. Um, If you now, I I don't teach that you have to wear head coverings. I don't think um, we have to do that. But if you understand um, the the teaching that would say, yes, you should wear head coverings, the point is actually one of humility, not to say, hey, look at me. I'm actually very um, I'm very modest. Um, And and yet we found some of found some of those comments. Right. And so um, the point that he's trying to make here is one modesty is a heart issue. Um, you, you can demonstrate, and that should be demonstrated um, by your good works, not by what you wear or the lack of what you wear. Now, we, we have to look at these things, right, and interpret them and apply them in modern day. And so one can't say, well, the Apostle Paul was just talking about wearing really expensive, flashy clothes. I'm just not wearing much clothes. It's not flashy. Yeah, right. Um, you know, heaven forbid someone actually try to make that argument. But let's talk a little about what's most common in our day. And that's and I think that's and you can correct me if you have a different view or, or share yours. But I think, brother, our problem today tends to be towards the other direction. Um, you know, uh, and we have a sexualized culture, right? It's not, it's not as sexy in our culture to wear full clothing and dresses and things like that. Um, it, it, you know, it's the opposite. And so you, and, and this is what blew up on social media, right? The, the whole bikini thing. Um, and lots of people, you know, you know, a lot of guys made some good comments, but before we kind of get into that, we should just say that, remember, this is a heart issue, right? This is God's command um, for women in particular here to live in such a way where you are bashful at indecency, um, that your conscience of conscious of the sinfulness of others, um, we can add the rest of the teachings in Scripture you mentioned earlier about how we're supposed to not do things that would intentionally lead others into sin, right? And so, knowing that one, your body just doesn't belong to you. We talked about that, right? Two, you know we're made differently, and you know that um, men are made to be. Um, and to be aroused visually, that's yeah. part of how we're made. And it's good and it's godly in its proper context. Um, and, and so you have a responsibility towards your brothers in Christ. You have a responsibility towards God, um, towards obedience in Scripture. And as we're talking about these things, it, it's good to realize that if, if someone's natural position is that they're struggling to get as close to the line as possible, then you've already lost the modesty battle in your heart. You're already in the wrong place, right? Because it's a heart issue first. 
Yeah, and that's that's the world, right? I mean, one of the, I think the litmus test of whether we're walking right or not is to ask whether we look more like the world or do we look more like what the Bible says? And it's the world that is becoming more and more revealing. You know, it's it's the world that, you know, you watch uh, the Super Bowl, and I haven't watched in a while, but the halftime show, you just don't know what you're going to get. And you get people that yeah. um, are exposing all kinds of, they're exposing themselves in all kinds of ways, or when you get these, um, these Oscar awards or these Academy Awards, there's always the red carpet uh, walk where, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. paying attention to what, what is so-and-so going to wear. And it's always the women. So it's almost always on the women's side, what kind of dress they're going to wear. And the ones that get the most attention are the ones that are the most revealing, um, the ones that show the, the, the most of their body without showing it all. And, and it's, and it catches attention for a reason because that's the way the world operates. The world operates according to the lust, according to their flesh. And so we, we are not to be a people like that. And the question is, if, you, if you're trying to get close to that line, and, and you're right, if we're trying to get close to the line, we've lost that battle. Just ask yourself, why is it that you're trying to get close to that line? You know, it, it's because you're trying to fit in with the world. You're, you're following after what the world is doing, and that's not uh, what, what we're called to do. So it is a motive. It is a hard issue. It's a motive issue. And when it comes to bikinis and going out there, I, I did read from some mothers, for instance, one described that she had a daughter with a very long torso. So one pieces tend not to fit very well because they're overly tight. Okay. I, I get that, but there's workarounds, right? You know, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen, um, I've seen girls put t-shirts um, over their top in addition to, yeah. you know, wh- whatever it is they're, they're wearing underneath. And so there are, there are a number of ways um, that, that you can get around that. But, um, but I, I think this is recognizing the direction that the world is going and, uh, and, and what is mm-hmm. it that they celebrate? Why is it that they celebrate? And it's not coincidental that um, pornography has continued to, to become more and more and more of an issue year after year. In fact, it's the one industry that tends to be protected against all kinds of economic downfalls. They, they always run strong, um, but that's where our society is headed and we're headed to deeper and deeper immorality. It, I mean, it's all connected. It's amazing when we think about this and then all the other issues that we can get into. Um, but <clears throat> but th- this is the direction of the world and we are to be countercultural. So when we start to try to make an argument for I should be able to wear whatever I want to wear, recognize you sound more like the world. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. I'm just being honest. That's what it sounds to me. You sound more like the world rather than someone who's reflecting upon these principles in scripture. Yeah. And you know, we have so many passages in scripture that talk about how um, it, you know this kind of flaunting of sexuality and things like that are sinful and are wrong? Um, the, the, there's no, uh, there's no really even debate about that. And so the question then becomes for a lot of folks, and I understand that this is something that most folks probably have not really thought through and worked through in yeah. terms of its application in our culture, right? Um, and, and so, if, if you live in a Middle Eastern culture where the women are fully dressed, uh, then that's different, but we don't live in that culture. And so, um, it, and, and I posted some things just to try to make people think it wasn't meant to be combative, but, you know, one of those things is, all right, so if, if, you're, if truly you have a heart of um, being modest and, and as it's defined here, right? Blushing at any indecency before a man. That's not something that happens if you're wearing a bikini. Clearly, you aren't blushing at indecency. And you might argue that that's not indecent. So, I would just ask a couple questions. Well, would, um, it, it, you know, you, you've invited, you know, people over for a party in your house. Are you going to walk around in your undergarments, you know, when there's right. 15, 20 people right. in, in your house over for a Christmas party, it normally 
that would be totally scandalous and unacceptable, right? And yet, the truth is, a bikini in most cases covers even less than that. And and so we've got to start. We've got to separate ourselves from the motion, the emotions of those things, and from the selfish desire to just do what you want to do because we're not called to do what we want to do. We're called to honor God and to honor our fellow man, right. And not be stumbling blocks in, in, in those normal ways. And we're not talking about extremes, right. Because I mean, clearly men can, you know, lust after a woman and she can be yeah. fully dressed, right? right. That, yeah. that is not a normal position, right? That we're talking about something different. That would be on him. Um, but th- those are good questions to ask, right? You, you wouldn't just walk for, okay, for most of the US, right? California might be a little different. Florida might be a little different. But in your non-beach states, it would be scandalous to walk in your local grocery store just in your undergarments. No one would do that. Right. You, you wouldn't go visit your 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 husband's, you know, best friend and his wife to drop something off and sit in his living room in your undergarments. And yet that is the very thing that you do, you know, when you're wearing this type of material. Um, it, it, the only reason we think of it differently is because the world has said it's acceptable in these circumstances, yeah, and, and people have gotten hung up on function. So they'll say, well, lingerie has a different function than uh, a bikini. Well, that's not really the point. Uh, when I, I think about when I grew up, I grew up big sports fan and uh, one of the uh, biggest uh, sports magazines out there is Sports Illustrated. So you would get Sports Illustrated, uh, a lot of great articles, pictures and whatnot. But what would they do whenever they're trying to entice people to subscribe? They they would say, we're going to throw in the free swimsuit edition, right? Mm-hmm. And and if I'm not mistaken, that was their best-selling edition all year long. This is a sports magazine that is about sports and and the edition, the, the one edition each year that outsold all the others um, or got the most views would be their swimsuit edition. And then each year, they're trying to push the envelope to, to making bikinis. And, and look, the, the word sexy is used often. With uh, It can be used anywhere, but it's often used with bikinis, trying to make it sexier, more revealing, more yeah. whatever, whatever it may be. And then they're trying to f- find the most beautiful women to be able to model those things. There's a reason for that. And, and when we think about the trend in um, in swimwear, you know, there was a time where the standard was the one piece and then it was a it was a one piece that even covered a lot of your hips and thighs and all that. And then gradually it became more revealing and then it went into the two piece. Um, and now there's all, all sorts of um, different designs that are meant to reveal as much as possible. But but that just looking at that trend, that trend has gone towards being more and more revealing. And the reason is because they want to see more and more skin. And so that that's Again, thinking about how the world operates, what it is that motivates them, and then asking yourself in your heart, why is it that I want to be like that, that, that I want mm-hmm. to reveal more and more, you know, rather than, rather than just be modest and not draw attention to myself? It really is, as you said. As you mentioned, it really is a heart condition. And, and um, you know, we read um, 1 Timothy 2. Um, I mentioned that 1 Peter 3 um, said much of the same way. So, it says, in the same way, you wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. And then it says, your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry, putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person 
of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. Mm. And I think also about the Old Testament and how Israel was often compared to being like a harlot, yeah. right? Um, and, and think about what is a harlot? A harlot's a prostitute. Well, how do they yep. dress? Well, they don't dress modestly, right? They, yep. they dress in order to reveal as much as possible to, to, to be able to draw attention to themselves so that men will pay for whatever it is they provide. Yeah. But these, you know, you look at a lot of the, um, a lot of the condemnations, the rebukes from God to Israel about how they're just playing the harlot going after, and, and it gets quite graphic in places. Like the book of Ezekiel gets quite graphic about yeah. their harlotry, describing them as acting like prostitutes. And, and I'm not, look, I'm not saying that everyone puts on a bikini is basically acting like a prostitute, but there are a lot of parallels in terms of what a prostitute does with yeah. their clothing and their behavior and what you choose to do when you want to reveal a lot of yourself. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, you're dressing like one, yeah. you know, and, and that seems hard, but I think we need some hard reality here. Um, I, I'm not saying if you wear a bikini or a harlot, but you certainly are dressing like one. And if that offends you, then your dress probably offends God. It's yeah. probably an issue, right? And, and so, uh, and just to cover the other side too, and we've done that, right? W whether you flaunt the expensive, flashy, gaudy clothing that covers everything y you, y you have, or you walk around in dress that, you know, the lady of the night would be jealous of, you're immodest in either case. Um, and, and, and again, you know, for, for you ladies that may be listening, the question isn't, well, why do men, how about men, you know, what if men? The question is, what about God? How do I first and foremostly honor Christ? Is what I'm doing the picture of what a godly woman is meant to do? And, and really, Paul kind of sums that up in, in the end. He gives us the very source of what is meant to be the desire to modesty, and it's because you claim godliness, right? And, and godliness meaning devout, meaning pious. Uh, it's a term we don't use much, but it means to be pious, right? To be holy in all your behavior, um, not just that you've been justified and you're being sanctified, but in your behavior. And, and so, you know, ask yourself the question, is, is this the result of a heart that's longing to be holy and, and pious before God? That's the question. If that's not, if that isn't the focus, then the focus is in the wrong place. You know, yeah. if it's on anyone else or what anyone else is doing or saying, because one day you're going to stand before God. You're not going to stand before Eki. You're not going to stand before me. You're not going to stand before your husband or any other man. You're going to stand before God and God alone. And this is his word, right? And he gives very strong words for men who give into temptation. He talks about lust. We, you know, we understand, you know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the yeah. pride of life. Um, we, we're not diminishing any of man's responsibility in how he responds to what is really ungodly dress, um, but Paul's not dealing with that here, right? He's dealing with the woman's responsibility. And, and so, again, this isn't to be too hard on women, but I think this is one area in our culture where our culture has so taken over godliness in the church that we, and for so long that we don't even recognize it anymore. 
it, it is so easily justifiable. And so my plea would just be take a step back, kind of separate the, the emotions of that rise up in our kind of American culture of being told what to do and ask yourself the question, is this really a godly and pious way to, to dress in public? And, and that's whether you're wearing too little or too much. And if you don't know um, what's too little or too much, then, you know, go talk to your pastor, but use some reasoning, right? If, if you wouldn't walk around in your undergarments just anywhere at any given time, then you shouldn't be doing it on the beach, right? Uh, because the function doesn't change what is being covered or what isn't being covered, right? Um, and, and so those things are important. And you know what? Maybe it's not as comfortable or whatever the case may be. But then let me ask you this. Is your comfortability more important than your holiness before God? Yeah, that that and um, and and your appearance and what it is you want to look like. It, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I think about you were talking about clothing here, and we don't see the same explicit instructions for clothing with men as we do for women. And I think once again, we're just wired very differently um, because I know this for for me. I I just throw on whatever I can get. Right. So, I mean, whatever, you know, if I'm going out for the day, I'm just going to pull off the first shirt that I see on the rack, the the first pair of pants, or I might think a little bit about color, but that's, that's pretty much it. And um, oftentimes if my wife and I are going out together, I will have to go to her and say, honey, how does this look? Because if something's going to change, she's going to be the one that changes it. So it's interesting that when it comes to clothing, women tend to be more visual about clothing, Mm -hmm. uh, color choices, clothing choices, and all that. Whereas men tend to be just you know, just just get it on me and let's go. It's it's a function. It's just something that we we wear to to cover ourselves. But I remember one of my seminary professors. Um, he heard someone say to him, "Hey, that's a nice tie." And he literally had to look down and try, try to look at the tie to see what tie he was wearing. And uh, and people laughed at him. He said, "Well, my wife picks out my ties each day what I should wear, and I don't even pay attention to what it is." Right. So, so I I think that the reason why we see these directions go in one direction and not the other is that men tend not to be um, visual or care much about clothing. Mm-hmm. The men's temptations are elsewhere. So men's temptations are with, you know, uh, you know, lust and, and showing of the flesh and things like that. And then men tend to act out in different ways that, that can mm-hmm. be um, braggadocious and, and uh, they, they can be bullies and divisive and, and uh, combative and, and whatnot. Um, so, so there are different temptations that exist on, on each side. And I really think that for women, one of their battles really is with clothing choices, whether it's um, overly um, ostentatious, even if it's a lot of clothing or whether it's mm-hmm. too revealing if it's uh, too little clothing. Well, and I think sin is the issue, right? We, m- men and women, want to be noticed, want to be lifted up, want to be, um, y- you know, seen in, in, in different ways. And our yeah. culture is so inundated with the woman's body being the most important aspect of, of who she is, which is completely counter to scripture, right? Um, but we're so inundated with that that we've just developed a culture in the church where we don't even think about it, right? You go to the beach, uh, you wear a bikini, you don't think about, you know, uh, tempting your brothers around you. You don't think about whether God considers that holy or not. And so I'm not saying that um, I, I, in fact, let me say it this way. I truly believe that the majority of Christian women who are wearing things they should never wear are not doing it maliciously. They're doing it ignorantly. 
right? Yes, and so, and so, I think there's, I think the grace in that comes in when you discover and when you start thinking about it, and you come to realize that you know what this this really doesn't fit with God's definitions of modesty. Then change it. Right now, you have the opportunity to say, you know what, let me find an alternative, whatever that is. L- let me do that. Let me do it not just for the sake of my brothers, and I think that's important, but more importantly, let me do it for the sake of honoring Christ because this is what pious looks like. This is what godliness looks like, right? That I'm not revealing things, and here, here's another way to think about that. You're revealing things that, in all honesty, is very precious and should only be revealed to your husband. Yes. Right? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, biblically speaking, um, we, we know that our bodies belong to God, but in another way, God tells us our blo- bodies belong to our spouse as well. Yeah. Um, so the husband's body belongs to the wife, the wife's body belongs to the husband, so they should not deprive one another. Um, but yeah, we, when you cause to lust or to covet, um, you're you're doing a couple of things. One, you're not keeping yourself sacred for the sake of your own husband. Um, but two, you could also be leading someone else to looking at you in a way that causes them in their heart to sin against their own wife or to commit adultery in mm-hmm. their heart. You know, and that's uh, that, that's not good either. Now, we've been talking a lot about the, the women's side of this, and and I'm thinking about the men's side as well. Yes, men. Let me let me give you an example. So. If I have, um, and I remember this from my own mentor, he talked about uh, one young man who struggled a lot with pornography and there'd be certain, you know, when he walks home from work, he he didn't drive, but he walked home from work, there'd be certain shops that we would pass by along the way, which had very, you know, their displays are they're they're very showy and uh, and it would it would cause him to his mind to to kind of wander and the advice from my my pastor at that time to to this young man was you know what you need to pick a different route pick a different route so that yeah. you're not exposed to that so so keep this in mind you know when i if i'm talking to a young man and he is struggling with with um with fleshly desires and and his mind always going to sexual thoughts or temptations or whatnot um i'm not going to tell him to go hang out at the beach Right. Yeah. You yep. know, I'm not going to go have to tell them to hang out where women are wearing skimpy uh, clothing and whatnot. So if I tell him to avoid those areas where those visual um, temptations mm-hmm. are going to be there, then what happens when a sister in Christ is actually wearing that? And I agree yeah. with you. I, I, I do believe for the majority of Christian women, this is a matter of ignorance, and especially when they're younger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Women who are younger tend not to think that this is an issue at all. Um, and and I, would, I would suggest if, if you're a younger woman and you happen to be listening to this, go and seek out a godly older woman. And then talk to her. Uh, ask her what she thinks are the are are appropriate in terms of dress, in terms of being modest. And then ask her was she always like that from the time that she was young? Because I think you'll find out that as they grew older and wiser, they started to understand more and more why they had to be more modest. Mm-hmm. And, and so this this is an area too where I think uh, discipleship could be very helpful as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's good we kind of switch and talk about uh, the guy's response to this for a few minutes. Um, so, it's not one side. Now, you know, our passage is dealing with women, but uh, since this has come up in, in social media, and it does from time to time, right? Um, I, yeah, I, it, some of you guys just need to stop going to the beach. You just need to yeah. stop it. Um, it's probably wisdom that most of us if not all of us don't spend a lot of time at the beach. And, and let me and, and this is my reason behind that, right? If you believe as a man that you are not susceptible to, to visual temptation, 
right? That which God made us to appreciate, then one, you're deceiving yourself, right? Um, I, I know that makes things difficult, and I, I'm not saying uh, with with precision that it's sin if you do go to the beach, but why put yourself in a position where you know you will sin eventually? You'll sin against your sister in Christ. You'll sin against your wife or your spouse. You'll sin against God, more importantly, because I, I, I genuinely do not believe it is possible for a man to be in that situation long enough um, and not expose himself to sin. So, I, I'll leave that to wisdom. I'll, I'll leave that to conscious, but you know, I'll just put that forward as, as a guard, right? Like, you know, you, you wouldn't Let's let's use an alcoholic, right? I, I grew up with a father who was an alcoholic. Um, he, I had the privilege of seeing him come to Christ much later in life, and so for the last about fifteen years of his life, you know, we were really close. Um, I checked him on him a lot. He had stopped drinking alcohol, but he could he he could not and and would refuse to go to places where there was any open alcohol or al- alcohol served. Right. Sadly, that kept him from going to a lot of church stuff because a lot of churches these days <laughs> seem to have to do things around alcohol. Different topic. But my point is um, th- there was wisdom because he had a particular temptation to alcohol. Now, unlike that, uh, because I, I don't, you know, God willing, I don't have that temptation, um, but there is no man that can't be tempted visually right? Yeah. We're told to flee from sin, right? Think of Joseph. There's no indication that Joseph was about to give in to the temptation of Potiphar's wife. No. Um, but, but you know what? He, he didn't even entertain that because right. he could have given in. He's a man. And what did he do? He fled. So, I, I think there's wisdom in, in these things. I mean, you know, consider this, men, when you're going to these places where we, we can't change how women dress, we can't change, um, you know, whether or not they decide it's immodest or modest. Um, we can't change that. But like we talked about earlier, we can guard our own hearts. You're looking at someone's daughter who's almost undressed, you're looking at someone else's wife who's almost undressed and you can keep your head down in the sand, but you can't avoid it. You know, when there's, you know, a thousand people on the beach, Um, things happen that shouldn't happen. And those are just all, I think, unnecessary and unwise uh, situations to put ourselves in. Um, I I can't tell you how to resolve that or what to do. I, I I know for me, I enjoy the beach. Uh, We tend to go in the fall because there are almost no people. And when there are people, no one's wearing bikinis, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, that's just how I personally have dealt with that kind of thing. Um, And so, it's not to say everyone has to do that, but we we need to also, as men, not be fooled into thinking we can't be tempted that way. Um, and And then we also need to make wise choices and sacrifices if we need to. Just because you enjoy something doesn't mean it's good to do. Um, it might not be sin, but it may be unwise. And yeah. so, we should think about those things. But speak to some of that, brother. Yeah, and I think this this applies not only to where you go, but the way you entertain yourselves. Um, so, the, the programs you, you watch on TV, the movies you go to watch, the, the things that you listen to, a lot of that can be suggestive. Now, uh, I've heard some women, and I think this is very harsh and impractical though they'll, they'll just say well men should just should just should just not have those thoughts at all they they should just not have those thoughts well that's that's the way men are wired 
And, and, um, and, and I'm not saying that it's okay for them to entertain that sin or, or that desire. They absolutely shouldn't. And that's, that's absolutely true. Um, but, you know, the listen, women, to the advice that we're talking about that we're giving to men, um, that we're telling them to avoid these places where they're going to be led astray or where their minds are going to be tempted to think in the wrong way. And, and if they're having to stay away from entertainment or venues or places or, or people that um, that may cause them to sin. And then I think, you know, the example with alcoholism is a great example that, you know, if someone is trying to recover from alcoholism, the last place you want them to go is to a bar, right? Or to a, to a gathering of friends where everyone is drinking and he's yeah. the only one that's not drinking, right? So, we, you know, realize that the advice that we're giving to young men is to try to keep them out of a position where they're even going to be tempted. And there's a reason why Joseph fled. It wasn't only that he was pious and godly, but he realized that if he didn't flee, he may be tempted to do otherwise, all right. So, so that 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 fleeing shows that Joseph understands his own weaknesses if he stays in that situation for too long, um, and that's the same thing that Paul tells uh, Timothy: flee from from youthful passions, right? Youthful passions and lusts. So it's the same kind of idea. But I, I would just say, women, listen to the advice that we're giving to men, and then think about how difficult it is when you're a sister in Christ, and now these two worlds are kind of colliding. Where we're now we're we're in an environment where we should be fellowshipping, we should be honoring God, we should be praising and worshiping God, but but now there's a distraction in terms of how you're dressed. Yeah, you know, and that that's really what 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 this is about. Yes, he he should treat it, but what am I going to do? I'm going I'm going to tell him to okay, don't look at you, don't look in that direction now. So while you're worshiping now, you just should look in that direction. Oh, there's another woman there. Okay, don't look in that direction either. Okay, now just face forward, right? Yeah, you know, it just it, it it's a lot easier when everyone is just coming to worship and, and really giving some thought in terms of their appearance to, to modesty and, and not being um, not, not being a distraction, not, mm-hmm. not being a cause for, for stumbling in any kind of way. Um, yeah. So just, just recognize that. Yeah. And it, great point, brother. And, and again, this comes back to the fact that it, it really, for women, you know, if you're listening, this isn't about, what man's response is. This is about God's desire for you in your life and how you relate to him and how that affects the body of Christ, right? So, before any other consideration, it ought to be your longing, um, you know, to do this uh, as, a, as, as a servant of God. And, and like Paul says, because you're a woman who claims godliness, this is the reason, right? It, it's, it's not in and of itself, to keep men from stumbling. You, you can't do that, right? Um, and it's good to guard our brothers and sisters. That, and in fact, it's not just good. It actually is a command uh, for both men and women. But first and foremost, Paul says you do this because you claim godliness. Right. So, right. do you claim godliness? And, and if you do, then then this is an area, I would say, of sanctification. You, you have to grow in understanding of it and grow in, you know, how to apply it. Um, but that should for, be first and foremost. And for men, you know, on the other side, um, it, it isn't, again, we can't change uh, the, as men what women wear. We, we can't change the fact that our society has been so overly sexualized that it's everywhere, right? I'm, I know there are some cities you can go into and billboards are have the same material that would have been in X-rated magazines, you know, decades ago. Um, and, and now they're just in billboards for every eight, nine, seven-year-old family driving down the interstate. We can't change those things. And, and so your response should be, 
just like the woman, a desire to please God, a desire to be holy. And so that means you may have to just stop going places and you may have to stop being around people in certain situations. Um, I, I, I will not be around women in bikinis. I, I just won't. And if it's a sister in Christ, I'm sorry. It has nothing to do with you or who you are. It has everything to do with first and foremost, I want to honor Christ. Yeah. And, and if I'm sinning, then I'm not honoring Christ. If I'm sinning and I'm not fleeing from that, right, then first and foremost, I'll stand before God and give an account for that. And so if you don't want to be in a position, ladies, where it's the right thing for men to avoid you, then don't do those things, right, that would cause that. And men, you know, don't go to places where you just know you're likely to fall into that temptation. Um, You know, fathers, train your daughters Talk to them about holiness and and don't, I think one problem that like the social media, it all gets um, kind of enveloped in the discussion of what men and women think. Well, the discussion really is just about what God thinks, right? Um, And so, train your daughters to love modesty, help them understand that modesty is about, you know, that bashfulness before men and that reverence and devoutness towards God, Um, you know, Fathers teach young men, right, um, to guard their hearts, to guard their eyes. Um, Don't go to those places where, I mean, the beach is nothing more than a parade of lust. That's just what it is. We've gotten used to it. um, But, you know, teach your young men to avoid those situations where they might have to really flee or fall into sin. Yeah, You know, and it it is true that that men, we can't. We're not going to be able to completely shield ourselves from from every temptation. All right. So I mean, yeah. Yep. I mean, we can even be tempted if women are fully clothed. But yep. but even in a situation where you weren't expecting it, and it's not normally the case, you have no control over that. Someone's going to show up, and they're dressed in a way that's going to draw attention to them. And and men, you you have to be vigilant. I mean, one, um, don't don't look. All right. I, at the moment you see it, you, you need to stop. Um, but also remind yourself that that is a person in need of Christ. You know, remind yourself that mm-hmm. that is the daughter of a father, that that is uh, mm-hmm. that is someone who should be uh, at some point at the wife of a husband. And, and mm-hmm. she is very much in need of God just as much as anyone else. See her as an image bearer of God um, who has not come to see her in all likelihood has not come to see her own value in God. Right. Um, so you've got to think in terms of, um, of, of people not being objects because there there is uh, there is legitimacy yeah. to the charge that we objectify women. We, we shouldn't. Um, so make sure you personify them. Make sure you understand that this is this is an image bearer of Christ and they probably need the Lord. Um, but also recognize that when those situations come up, do not stare. Do not do not let that uh, image linger. But at that moment, if you find yourself being tempted, go to the Lord in prayer. I mean, even in your mind right then and there, just ask the Lord, please, please, um, please protect me uh, from this temptation. And, and please, for, for this woman, I just pray that you would reach out to her and just help her to know her need for your son, Jesus Christ, and then that, uh, that she would desire to walk in a manner that's going to glorify you and, and is going to, um, to, to be, um, to, to be uh, along with the, the, the way that your word tells us godly women are to, to act. Um, <clears throat> so there are steps that men have to take, and you need to be 
vigilant on and don't give into watching things that you shouldn't be watching when you're on the internet or on watching television, watching movies and stuff like that. Those are the kind of things that are going to lead you further and further down that path. So there are definite responsibilities that we have. And, and let me just address the extreme case because a lot, there are women and that, that have brought up the whole rape culture kind of thing. And often it's brought up and it was brought up when CRT came up at the SBC. Oh, you guys yeah. want to address CRT, but you don't want to address all this, um, all the abuse of women at churches. Let, let me tell you this for the churches. And, and we know this, I know this, you know, this Nathaniel for anyone who is a leader or a shepherd at the church, you have every responsibility to make sure that the women and children are being protected. Um, and, and if there is anything that happens to them, you need to take quick and decisive action to, to address it. All right. And if there's anyone in leadership that is guilty of, of, um, of defrauding another, um, you need to take swift and immediate action there. All right. That, that person has become disqualified. Um, that person may need to be executed or at least put out or something that mm -hmm. people need to go and counsel that individual. Yeah. You know, so we, we certainly cannot be in a culture that covers up these sins for one another, um, no matter who they are. Um, no person is above this. And we've seen so many Christian leaders default um, because they have failed in this area. And unfortunately, some of them have come back and tried to reenter ministry. And then, by the way, pay attention to their theology. You'll find out that their theology has much changed yeah. when they come back yep. in the ministry, where they're much more free grace and hyper Almost grace always. And, yep. 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 That's, that's always the case. Or in some cases, you see their theology happening already right in front of your eyes before the, the trespass has been discovered. Mm. Um, so, so that, that happens as well. Um, so, so this is, um, this is a 360 degree issue, but as we have said before, each one of us should be looking at our own hearts and looking at ourselves and asking, okay, what can I do to better glorify God in this situation? And, and one final thing, and I'll just say this, look to the people in your church who you see as the, just the most godly people. And, you know, any church that, that, that is mature and have had, had people there for a while, there are people that you know, wow, the, these are people that really just model Christ-like behavior. Mm -hmm. and, and I can guarantee you that when you look at the woman, that that wife, that that models that, you will find one who is modest. And the reason why she is seen as such a godly woman is not by what she wears, but it's by what she does. It's exactly what the scriptures yeah. say. And so when we see these examples in church, and same thing for men, look at those men that are that that others respect as being good and godly men. What is it that makes that man or that woman so good and godly? Well, it's going to be in their behavior. It's going to be how they walk. It's going to be what they've learned. It's going to be how they've grown. But it's going to be according to the word and their trust and dependence upon God's word as being the ultimate authority. And that's where we need to get to. We, we need to be able to mimic, you know, just like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm -hmm. Imitate those within the church that you know are imitating Christ. And I guarantee you, when you find people who are imitating Christ, what you won't find is that they're not imitating the world. So if they're not imitating the world, why would we want to imitate the world in the way we act and the way we respond to things? Yeah, absolutely. It it's a it's a good litmus test that if the world is fully on your side defending your position, you should probably reevaluate that. Yeah. Right. Um and and this is in one of those areas, right? In fact, I I just read a recent article about a volleyball team who it, it's interesting because what they wanted to wear wasn't modest either, but it was better. Um, they wanted to wear these, you know, shorts that were um, 
they wanted to wear shorts, right? Athletic shorts or whatever. And the league basically, fi- they actually got fined for wearing them and so, because they wanted them to wear these very revealing bikinis. Um, and, and so it just goes, you to sh- just goes to show you that the culture is adamant about women exposing their bodies. And, and so just a good litmus test there as well. But, you know, like everything else, the, the scriptures are our authority. And so we have this by Paul, um, the heart to be modest. We understand what that is. Um, it, there's some level of bashfulness, uh, of shame for any indecency. We really need to get that back in the church. Yeah. And then, you know, on the other side, men take responsibility. Uh, leave, flee those places if you have to. It's really not a big deal um, if you don't go to those places. Better, better you not fall and sin before God um, than to take your liberty to such a place where you're you're just bordering that line, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I, let me wrap up with this, right? I think we need to give grace in both these areas. Uh, we we need to come to understand. Women need to come to understand God's heart for modesty and what He means by that. Paul is specifically dealing with clothing here as an example, and, and so that's relevant to the discussion. Um, and then on the other side, like you mentioned, uh, you know, men, we're, we're not looking at worldly women who dress this way as enemies. Uh, we never should look at the world as enemies. No. The world is our mission field, period. No matter what area of sinfulness you're talking about, uh, immodesty, homosexuality, sexual perversion, um, drunkenness, name them all, right? The, the world's our mission field. Um, but then uh, more importantly, I, I think for this conversation is brothers – if you have sisters who in Christ who are insistent on this, um, grant them some grace. It may mean you can't be around them when they're wearing these immodest things, um, but pray for them. And you mentioned that, right? It's, it's hard to lust after someone that you're praying for and pray earnestly, right? That God would open their eyes uh, to the truth of scripture and that they would desire holiness in this way. Um, and yeah, it, it's never a bad thing. Um, to help connect, you know, sisters in Christ with uh, to it, maybe they don't know who the mature older women are in the church. No. Perfectly acceptable and good to do that. So let let me let me close on on this scripture because this is we talked a lot about about guarding each other from stumbling. Well, that isn't just good counsel; it's actually biblical, right? Um, Romans fourteen and and thirteen says, "Therefore, let's not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother, right, or sister." Um, and so we understand this in, in in a general context. People can be tempted to sin in everything. Right, but in what, but what we know would regularly uh, tempt people, and so Paul uses the example of meat. Right, uh, what are, what he eats or drinks, he's even willing to give up his liberty and comfort in in food. Um, and I know a lot of you out there enjoy nice food, right? Sure. Um, but he's willing to forego that if it would keep a brother to stumble, and that would have been a much bigger deal in his time period. Um, so context really would matter there. And for us, you know, we just need to think about that. We ladies understand that all men are designed to appreciate physical beauty and they're attracted to that. And when it's outside of marriage, it can, it can go into sinfulness. So have compassion on your brothers um, and not put that stumbling block on them. 
And, you know, like we've just been reiterating over and over, the point is, if you're claiming godliness, um, to exhibit that in your dress, right? Uh, and so, yeah, so I'll just leave us with that. Any last words, brother, before we close up here? No, I, I, I think that's, um, that's about it. <clears throat> um, you know, we were talking about uh, places to avoid. The, the gym is another place um, that just came to mind. Uh, just so for, for you men, think about where you're going and where you're being tempted. Um, the goal here is to glorify God. Um, yeah. glorify God and to build up one another. So if we are driven by those desires, I think the counsel you're hearing here will make a lot of sense. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Eki. Thank you guys for joining us. We hope that this has blessed you. We, you know, whether you agree with what we've said or not, although it's straight from scripture, you know, I, I would at least plea with you to read these passages, deeply consider them, um, and just consider some of the things we say for your own sake and for the sake of those whom you love around you. So until next time, let the truth be known. The Truth Be Known podcast is a theologically driven, gospel-centered program serving the body of Christ by bringing biblical truth to bear on issues facing the church today. Subscribe to the Truth Be Known podcast by using the podcast app on your Apple or Android device or listen online at strivingforeternity.org in the podcast section.